Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, it's saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right up there. 10 yards. Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Coming in your ear holes. And man, it is so close. The weather feels right, and it is just around the corner. The white-tailed deer season archery opener for the Midwest. I know a lot of people are already hunting in Georgia, Kentucky, and all those states that open up early. Um, More states are opening up the 15th, but uh, here in the Midwest, we're waiting for that October 1st. But man, it is getting, getting close, and the weather is looking good. Uh, this week, I talked with um, Brian from the Pike County Trophy Doe Association, um, good buddy of mine, um, also uh, cousins to the Brian from my other buddy uh, from Good Set Mobile, not to confuse the two Brians. Um, they couldn't look any, they don't look similar at all um, to be cousins. <laughs> um, but I talk about with Brian about the ups and downs of uh, you know bow season and hunting season and how to handle that and how not to give up when you have those lows because um, it just make the highs better. And uh, we talk in this episode about his season last year, um, where you know he shot and uh, and uh, wounded the biggest buck he's ever you know ever ever had the opportunity to kill, um, and then 
a few days later ended up killing his best buck to date after not finding that deer and searching for multiple days. Um, he breaks down the story. The main reason for this episode is just to get that mindset in your head that, you know, even if shit doesn't go perfect, doesn't go right, there's still a chance because it's hunting and that's the name of the game. You just, you know, sometimes just one more hunt is all it takes. So, um, but before that, let's get the people make this possible, starting off with Exodus Outdoor uh, gear. Um, the Exodus update, the cams are out. I've got my target bucks um, picked out. There is there is no bucks in velvet anymore um, that I have on cam. Everything's out of velvet already. And uh, there's some studs, and there's just a lot of me, like 130 class deer, like just decent deer, like 120, 130, a ton of those bucks. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if those kind of fade out. I am going to do a post uh, slash podcast on the Patreon, breaking down each buck, kind of his area, and uh, whether I'm going to hunt him or not. And uh, that's going to be a fun discussion on there, just to kind of see what other people think about these bucks' age and uh, you know rack size, whether they would hunt them or not, and uh, go from there. But I have... Two picked out that for sure, and I always pick up a bunch, um, you know, that first couple weeks of October, third week of October. I'm, I kind of have more of the doe-holding properties um, and not the buck-holding properties. Um, there's a few that float around. Uh, the one property has a ton of bucks on it right now, so it'll be interesting to see if they fade out or not. But um, interesting enough, pretty low doe numbers on there, which is which is weird compared to the other property. But if you're still in the market for some cell cams, some arrows, uh, make sure and use that code um, there at Exodus. Uh, getting on to Rec Broadheads, make sure and use that code WLP15. Uh, make sure and check out Rec's social TikTok. If you want to get some you know, videos of uh, what, what they got coming, um, it looks like they got something new coming um, this year doing some testing. Um, but, you know, get some videos of actual what the product looks like, um, some success videos, um, success pictures. Um, that's what I'm going to be shooting all year. And uh, if you guys want to check them out and end up liking them, make sure and use code WLP15 um, to get you 15% off. And uh, let's get into the show. All right, we got Brian on the line. How's it going today, brother? Good, busy. Busy, yep. That's time of the year. Um hopefully wrapping up some of the home projects and the, the kids stuff to get some time out in the woods. But uh wanted to have you on. For one, I just wanted to chat with your big ass and, and hang out and see how you're doing. But for two, um, you know, this is the time of year where people are reflecting from their last season and uh, kind of the ups and downs of the season that they had. And I thought your story would be awesome to tell, um, you know, just to kind of prepare someone. If this, this happens, um, you know, it may seem like the end of the world, but there might be, you know, a rainbow at the end. So appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. So last year's bow season, um, go ahead, or before we get into that, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit and then we'll get into it. All right. My name is Brian Johnson. I'm the president and founder of the Pike County Trophy Doe Hunters Association. I, and featured in a shit ton of videos that my cousin puts out from Good Sit Mobile. So, but I'm the more handsome and better looking Brian. 
Um, if you guys said you were cousins, no one would ever know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, he has, he looks way more like the rest of our family than I do. I'll put it that way. But, uh, everyone else is shorter and not as good just, looking. I, yeah. Right. And yeah. I'm, uh, I'm the ogre of the family, but, uh, um, <laughs> uh, I live in Illinois. I live and I guess you could say the Southern half of Illinois and I'm a cop and I live on the cattle farm. Everybody ran away when they heard I'm a cop. <laughs> They're like, oh, <laughs> oh, God, I'm driving. I better slow down. <laughs> They're listening to it in their yeah. car. <laughs> yeah, you um, got to be doing pretty dumb shit for me to write a speeding ticket. <laughs> got to be out there reckless. Uh, yeah, reckless or drunk, one of the two. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you had an up and down season last year of, you know, some highs and some lows and as well as I did too. Um, so I feel like a lot of times people go into season, they're reflecting on that, but then they get in there and maybe the same thing happens or they have a miss up and they kind of let it ruin their season. Um, I knew that you were pretty down, but you didn't let it ruin your season. So let's get into the story of the giant on public. The what do you mean, giant on public? Though, isn't that the one? The I didn't want to give away the story, but just walk us through what happened last year. Oh, are you talking about the deer that I shot and didn't find? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that okay. That wasn't on public. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. The uh, your cousin was just with you. Right, correct. Oh, copy. Yeah, it was my grandpa's. Uh, my grandpa's friend's farm. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Go ahead and walk us through the story. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, my cousin was tagged out on his booner and his other deer that he was tagged out in October. So I had a shit ton of vacation days and time off that I used, um, to basically take a month off to hunt, which is unheard of really in most, at most jobs. But I worked so much overtime over the summer. I had so much time built up that, and they can't tell me I can't use it. So I just took it all for deer season. Well, I, it was November 10th and you can actually watch this hunt on good sit mobiles, YouTube, but it was November 10th. I believe. Yeah. I think it was the 10th and <clears throat> it was hot that day. It was, we had hard South winds. So me and my cousin sat on this one spot. I've always seen good deer there. And he said, he'll come and film me. Cause obviously he was tagged out. Didn't have nothing else to do. He still had days off. So we went in there and I knew that this was with the South wind. It was a pinch point between two bedding areas and a, like a river drainage Creek thing. It was just a, the perfect spot. It's like where three inside corners meet. And then there's a levee that, that angles at a 90 degree and pushes everything to basically within 50 yards of where we were set up. So it's a dynamite spot with the South wind. And access is pretty solid too. And so I always like hunting here. So me, naturally me and my cousin start arguing once we get there about which tree to sit in, which is what we do literally every single time we hunt together. We just argue. <clears throat> and <clears throat> we end up setting in this huge tree. I'm talking, I needed two cam straps to get around this tree to set just the top uh, part of my stand. And then, it was just a, it was a disaster. I used, I used am steel for the bottom and it was, like I said, it was a shit show. It took us over an hour to set up, but then we were, we hunted all day. Well, about four o'clock, uh, 
we hadn't seen anything but does and like some bucks cruising way off. And he and I are just listening to owl hoots and coyotes and watching birds and shit. And all of a sudden, and he's above me about four or five feet. And there's a deer coming up the inside of uh, this tree line in between a tree line and a field. And it's coming right at him. But the trunk that the trunk of the tree that he's sitting on was blocking my view at the time. So I really couldn't see the deer. And he go, he just looks down at me <clears throat> and he goes, hey, big buck, shoot him. And I'm like, OK, where? Well, then all of a sudden I find him and he's just walking one step at a time. And he never gave me a shot. I was going to try and take we were so high up in the tree that I couldn't take the frontal shot. It would have been impossible. And I wasn't, I'm never going to aim for the spine, obviously. So that deer walked all the way to the base of the tree. At the time, <clears throat> I thought that me following him down with my bow to the base of the tree, my elbow was scraping the bark the whole way. I thought that I was making noise and like dropping bark on the ground. And that's what spooked him. But really, after I saw the video, <clears throat> he pretty much got to where we were like where we were standing when we set up. So he got our ground scent is what I think. And just took about three or four big leaps and uh, stood there hard quartering away about 16 yards or something like that. And there's a, there was a tree behind him that made like an arch that, um, and he was, I thought he was standing under that, but my depth perception was off and he was, couple steps in front of it so i shot high and he so i shot high and he ducked the string about eight inches and i got him hard quarter hard quartering away really high and i probably watched that footage uh we'll call it a couple hundred if not a thousand times in slow-mo just trying to like see something that would give me some hope. Well, after we watched it a shit ton at Brian's house, we drove all the way back to his house, hooked it up to the, uh, we downloaded all the footage, hooked it up, watched it in slow-mo and did all that. And we thought we got one lung. And if everything in a perfect world, it would have got one lung and gone through the off, gone into the off shoulder, but that's not what happened. I just didn't get enough penetration. So we searched for about five or six hours that night, went home at about 2 a.m. after we lost blood. And it, it was one of them times where you, you every time you're about to quit, you find more blood. There's so then you, you, find, you, you find a couple drops and then you search for another 45 minutes. And you're about to quit again. And then you find a couple more drops. It was one of them deals. And not only that, we're going through like river bottom ground where there's head high willow trees and it's a complete jungle. You can't see 10 feet. So we're trying and it's just a big bedding area. So we're trying to track through that. And it's a disaster. So finally, it's around 2 a.m. We call it because Brian's wife, uh, she's been working in the veterinary industry like her whole life. And she, uh, has started, she trained their lab to 
uh, as a track dog, like a blood tracking dog. He's still pretty new at it, but he, she's confident that he can at least get us in the right direction. And so the next day I met them out there and we, and I called a buddy from work and we looked for like six, seven more hours. And we made it probably another 30 feet past where we quit looking the night before. And I got some cell cams down there. I never got any pictures of him. I had a, this farm is littered with cameras. I never, I checked every camera that in that direction, never got a single picture of him from that night. Never got a single picture of him really the rest of the season. Um, we, we ended up grid searching about a mile section. We basically went to the next road over, which was about a mile as the crow flies, or not even. It was about a, we'll call it a square mile, but it wasn't quite a mile to the next road. Because that's where our, our permission to search stopped, because we couldn't get a hold of the guy across the street. I guess it was a hunt club, and it's like there's a bunch of leases and whatever. We weren't going to fuck with it. So... <clears throat> We never found another drop of blood. So once we started the grid search, it was kind of like a last effort thing anyway. So we spent the whole day of November 11th uh, looking for that deer. Never found really any more blood at all. So I was pretty butthurt. My wife was all trying to be understanding, but she could give a shit less about deer hunting. So it really talking to her really didn't do me any good. And then... So I took the next day off because the night of the, sorry, that was the 10th, I believe was either a Wednesday or a Thursday. Well, the night of the 12th, the, we had the sheriff's banquet, which is a big deal every year down here. So we had the sheriff's banquet and I wasn't going to miss it. And so me and my wife went to it and got a babysitter. Well, while I was at the sheriff's banquet, I was tying one on, and one of my bosses came up to me, and he said, hey, don't forget about the, we have a meeting Monday, and every year our department has a a meeting around the end of the year. Uh, if it's an election year, we make sure it's after the election, just so the new boss can whatever. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, don't forget we have a meeting Monday, and it's in the middle of the afternoon. And I had, for, I had totally forgot about this meeting. It's like a festivist meeting where we air out all of our grievances and they tell us about any policy changes, shit like that. And I said, well, if I'm not going to be able to go Monday because I had this meeting and I have to watch her kid in the morning. So um, I guess I'll just go hunt Sunday afternoon. And I really, really about wasn't or I was about to not go. I was going to just stay home and watch the Bears game and hang out and eat cocktail weenies and burgers and shit and hang out at home. Well, <clears throat> my wife woke me up because I was half-ass hungover. And she's like, hey, are you going home today? I was like, well, I guess. So I fucking begrudgingly did not stay home, watch the Bears game, and then we had a shitty wind. <clears throat> so I hunted this one spot. It's about 100 yards off the road in a little skinny pinch of t- uh you know, a little hillside of like timber, 80 yards wide and hung in a really shitty tree, complete, like half-ass setup, put minimal effort into this whole hunt. And 
about an hour in, it's just a buck parade. And every, like, coming uh, north to south, again, like, with the wind at their back, um, coming north to south, and every single buck, every every subsequent deer got bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, there was, the like, to put it in perspective, the last two or three deer I considered shooting. But then about, I'd look for about 10, 15 seconds, and there'd be a bigger one coming behind it. Well, then it got to the fifth buck in a row. And this one was, compared to the others, he looked a lot bigger. So he, the, the doe he's chasing was a yearling. She runs at the base of my tree in front of me, and he runs at the base of my tree behind me to cut her off. Well, then I'm, I'm halfway up a hillside. So the top of the hill is about eye level with me. And the bottom of the hill is a pretty good ways down, but it makes all those shots easier. So that buck goes and just hangs out and has that doe cornered like next to a brush pile. And he's just standing there broadside, like slightly quartering away, like 25 yards. So I do some tree stand gymnastics <clears throat> and he's behind me. So I'm half-assed like leaning sideways out of the tree, throw an arrow, double lung, goes into the opposite shoulder. The deer never bleeds, not a drop. So I'm thinking the whole time, I'm thinking, did this shit just happen again? Well, then I track the deer for like, 80 yards and he's laying there in the cornfield 30 yards off the road i just go down the gravel lane drive the truck into the cornfield and then the farmer the farmer's nephew come and help me uh gut it and took some pictures and we loaded it up and i drove home and i was home by eight o'clock and that deer was not as big as the one i <clears throat> missed sorry the one i hit never found but I know that I, I was not going to go hunt that day. And my wife and the fact that we had him, my wife was giving me a hard time. My cousin was giving me a little bit of a hard time. My friends were roasting me. My boss, we had this meeting on Monday and all of these, th and I just decided the bears were playing the lions. and I didn't really give a shit who won and uh, all these things happened all at the same time and i just so happened to go to this one spot where there was a hot doe and i killed a deer and like i i had no business hunting that day i put minimal effort into it and it just happened to work out in my favor and i'm glad it did because that took me from the dumps back up on my i was feeling good again and then just so happens during turkey season, me and my friend uh, Alex, we were turkey hunting at the same place. And while we were walking around turkey hunting, I pulled most of my trail cameras. And on March 31st, I have a picture of that first buck I shot. I have him a picture of him feeding. He had shed his antlers, and he still has the arrow in him. That's crazy. The, the arrow is still in him in the exact same position at the exact same angle as when I shot him on November 10th. Wow. And he doesn't look swollen. He doesn't look infected. He doesn't look nothing. The arrow is just sticking out of him. And it's weird as hell. And it's almost sticking. It's like sticking up at a 45 degree angle 
and it's blew my mind. Never would have thought, never would have thought that. Yeah, just to go back from, to when you shot him, like when you sent me the video, I was like, oh yeah, that's a dead deer. I shot, I thought the same thing you did. It, because with the angle that you had, I was thinking, okay, you know, he's high in a tree, the deer's not that far out. Like, there's a really good chance that you got that off lung, or at least got into that other shoulder where, when he's running, he's going to be, you know, causing damage on that offside. And, right. Uh, and full length arrows. I have a 31. 32 yeah, inch you're, draws. yeah you're a big boy so depending depending on the bow yeah so i mean getting those getting the length even if you had some arrows sticking out you're still thinking man yeah i got in there it's uh yeah i thought i thought i had at least 10 inches or 12 inches of penetration which is plenty yeah but it maybe you know you just a touch high on the lungs and just at the angle it, arrows can do weird shit when they're at an angle you know especially a broadhead hits bone at an angle and shoots it up. You know, I had I had that happen to me on a doe last year. I shot this doe on the video. It looks money. But I think it hit the ribs, and she was so cordoned away. I think it hit the ribs and shot, like, left up into the bottom of her neck. And she ran forever. And it looked like I double-lunged her. Like, and she ran forever. I was like, what is going on? You know, and then I got up there, and that broadhead had hit the ribs and angled up instead of, you know. But when you're quartering away, behind the ribs is always best. But, man, it's hard sometimes, especially like you. You had a heart, you know, you couldn't find the deer, and then by the time you found him, he's right underneath you, and then he's spooked, and he's walking away. So in the moment, you're like, I got to let something fly. And we've all done it. I shot a buck a few years ago right there where they don't say there's a no-man's land. I bullshit. If you shoot him high enough, there's there's something there because that deer lived. I got a clean pass through, and I got trail cam pictures of him for two years, and he never once showed any. It didn't even like swell up or puss up or anything, like nothing. So yeah, honestly, I think because if you look at the video, I didn't I didn't know it in the moment because I was so laser focused on what was going on, but. He takes a step forward and like turns away, does like a a very slight turn away from me, which gives me an even smaller margin of error mm-hmm. when I first drew back on him when he when he uh, after he smelled me. So in between when I aimed and I was about to squeeze off, he takes he moves his right shoulder forward and moves the front half of his body more to his left and he's which get like which made him angled a little more straight away than when i what i what the target i thought i was shooting at and then you add him ducking the the string about 8 inches then yeah. it just i did i remember do you remember i did a facetime with you mm-hmm. with all you guys yeah. and everyone Everyone was like, I think he's dead. I think he's dead. I think he's dead. Everyone said that. Yeah, and then, I, I thought he was. By by, the, I watched the video multiple times like you did. You did a FaceTime, and then you sent me, like, a still picture of the arrow. I was like, I think that's dead deer, dude. Like, if I shot that deer, I'd have been like, okay, yeah. You know, I might need to wait a little while, you know, but it, that's a dead deer. So I, I was surprised when you didn't find him, to be honest. And I was heartbroken for you because I could tell how – you know how hurt you were and and i've been there on on a giant buck and that was a big ass deer dude 
and uh, it's you know it's it happens to everybody. If it hasn't happened, it will eventually. But you know the main thing from your story is you know you had an absolute shit couple of days, and and there's nothing worse than when you're out there grid searching the whole entire time. You're just hoping someone to say I got him or I found him or I'm on blood. Like you're hoping for anything. And then you find yeah. a speck of blood. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm back. We're back in the game. Here we go. You know, we, we got it. Okay, now we're bringing the dog. Like, there's that anticipation, and it will burn you out majorly and make you not want to hunt at all. Um, and that's what happened to me when I lost my giant. I took three days off and looked for him. Every piece of property that I could get permission on. Um, and uh, then after that, I didn't hunt for the rest of the season almost. I went out and killed a couple of does, but I didn't buck hunt. The rest of the season i'd already killed a nice one early and then in shot and lost that one so i was like you know i'm just gonna chill and regroup recruit but you know i just don't want that to happen to someone else unlike you who you know said you know what i'm gonna go hunting this is like you said i feel like it's a bullshit set not putting a lot of effort in there and you go out there and you redeem the whole season and have a good hunt and kill a really nice buck yeah, it was my biggest to date by a long shot. Yeah, that's cool, dude. Like, it was like 30 inches then bigger than last year's deer. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. And that, I mean, it was a solid buck, good mass, good. And it looked like a old, old deer, too, you know? Yeah, but, I, I feel like it was. Its yeah. head was really square and really big bodied. And he had stumpy legs. Like, that was another, that was weird about like Brian's, my cousin Brian's Booner that deer had a huge body, but it had like stumpy, like, uh, like short legs for a deer that size. <laughs> That's what he needs to catch up to him. <laughs> right. Which is, which is just a, a weird thing to say. Yeah. yeah. Like a mini horse that you see at the fair. Yeah. That's kind of what it looked like as far uh, as like body comparison. Like it was just, the legs didn't fit the body. And the, my deer was the same way. Like it had a horse body, big old square head on him. And like fun, funny, like almost comically short legs. It was weird, hmm. but, um, yeah. And those deer were killed 12, two weeks apart. Yeah. in a hundred miles apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, just like my situation last year when I shot and hit that limb, you know, I was like, damn. And it just, you makes you not want to hunt. Um, but I went hunting and had multiple more encounters um, pass some good deer, you know, couldn't make it happen on a deer. And then I'm all the way in late December and I finally kill one, you know? So you just can't let a bad situation kill your hunting season. Cause that's what hunting is. It's literally ups and downs. And that's what makes the highs so high is when you have those situations. Cause if you would have shot that deer that you, you killed, you would have been, you would have been pretty pumped up, pretty happy about it. But the fact that you shot the deer, lost it, looked for multiple days, then went hunting and shot that deer, that deer, it means so much more to you now because that low that you experienced before, you know, you were able to kill that second deer. Say that again. I'm sorry. I said the fact that you, you know, you you shot and wounded that first one and then spent the days tracking and looking for that deer and the the ups and downs of that to go out there and kill the, that second buck, that second buck mean, will mean a lot more to you than if you just went out and killed that deer, you know, just on a sit. But having all those lows before this high made that high so much better. Um, and that's something that everybody, 
can experience if they just go out keep you just got to keep hunting at some point if shit ain't working out you know you just got to keep you just got to keep going right and like i said it was just a random weird series of events that i even went hunting that day in the first place because i only had about a week and a half left of uh vacation and I had like of uh, to be able to hunt because uh, I don't I don't ever take time off around the holidays because that's when all the overtime is and I get sh- stupid amounts of overtime so I never I always burn my vacation before October and, uh, yeah before like un- until first shotgun and then I'll start working a bunch so I was almost out of vacation and. Uh, I know that this farm gets hit pretty hard during uh, gun season because, you know, the the farmers hunt it, the the farmers' employees can hunt it, etc. So, I I almost have it to myself until harvest is over, and then once harvest is over, they all the farmers and the people who lease the farm ground they have permission to hunt. So. I have to share it with some of them and a lot of them are retired and they just work seasonally. So they hunt all the time. So I try not in, to put all my eggs into the basket on that farm. But like I said, my time was running out and I had a bunch of shit going on and I just, I had one afternoon and my wife who literally could care less if I ever go hunting again, probably. Uh, she was on you to go hunting huh? <laughs> yeah she told me well you better go today because if you don't you won't be able to go tomorrow and you'll be pissed about it i'm like okay you're right you're right you're right babe <laughs> yeah well that's so, that's what it is man it's just putting yourself in the you know in the game as much as you possibly can and um there's i know a lot of people say time and woods don't kill bucks but yeah i think it does a lot of people say hunt hunt as little as possible you know at the right times with these so you don't educate these deer but if you're hunting multiple different properties multiple different deer you got to be out there at least hunting somewhere something you know right and i uh i got like at the time i had it my kid was like seven months old so i didn't my wife was up my ass to to help her out you know a bunch at home even though you know, he, they get to be pretty easy once they get past the brand new stage, but the, uh, she doesn't like it when I take all the time off and then I'm still not home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way I take. Yeah. I told my wife, I said, there's 18 days. I'm going to be here, but I'm not going to be here. Like, it's just like, I'm not going out of state hunting, but. Right. I'm going to be available, but I'm not going to be home. Yeah. I'm going to be available. If you need something, I'll be home in the evenings. Um, it's really, really nice when that daylight saving times hits because you know, the kids get off the bus and you know, you only miss an hour and a half and it's dark, you know? So by the time you get home, you only, the kids only been home for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. So that it seems like you get some time with them before they go to bed. But before that daylight saving times, if you're hunting, man, you're out there and then they're going to bed at eight 30. You see them for like 40 minutes, you know, <laughs> right. The wife's like, you're in charge for 40 minutes, you know, <laughs> copy. I got him, but yeah, okay. yeah I my wife's, go ahead. I was going to say my wife's nine months pregnant with our second kid right now. So like kids do any day. So my, I have off 
I have it arranged with my boss that starting, you know, whenever the, whenever we go to the hospital, I'm, I'm off that day until the Monday before Thanksgiving. Wow. So I have all that time off for, and I, I didn't have to take FMLA. I get, it was one of them things where I had enough time saved up again to, um, basically take my own, take maternity leave on my own terms. Nice. Or pater- so I'll be, but two kids, 18, two kids under 18 months is going to be real, real hard for her to deal with. So she's going to expect me to be home a lot more this hunting season. So I'm going to try and be extremely picky about the days I try and go. Yeah. I feel you there, man. You got to do what it's right for your family first. And I, oh, uh, I know I got good thing good part about it though is her folks live uh right down the road so her mom uh can watch the older one pretty much whenever yeah that's nice yeah he's getting to the age too where he's a little easier to to watch oh, yeah. as well but he's he's high he's wound up like an eight day clock dude he doesn't <laughs> hell yeah he's gonna drive you crazy love it i know he's into everything he's got these toys i'm, I'm so worried he's gonna throw one of his like blocks and smash our television oh yeah like he's just throwing shit everywhere he's a tank too he's he's a maniac messing messing shit up going to grandma's house and just causing a ruckus (laughs) i know grandma also he just chases chickens and shit around all day and perfect that's exactly what kids need yeah put him outside couple chickens trampoline good to go (laughs) oh Wear them out. Yeah, yours is just a touch small for the trampoline yet, but that's normally what my if my kids aren't riding their dirt bikes, they're flipping on the trampoline or playing football, so they can kind of justify that themselves. But I plan on taking the days, and then I, you know when I come home, I come out here and podcast during that time, and then I go inside, and then I upload everything, prepare it for the next day to release at seven a.m., and then I'm you know going as much as I can, and then taking a shower, eating, and going hunting again. It's it's tough, so. But you know, just to wrap this up, dude, props to you for for taking a bad situation and turning it around and and not giving up out there and going and killing your best buck to date after shooting what would have been your best buck to date, where a lot of guys would just call it a wrap and and move on. And uh, it's it's hunting, you know. You're gonna ha- you're gonna mess up. I I have not killed a drop time buck yet. It's on my list. I want I I've hunted multiple ones. I've been close to couple different times that had drop time bucks i shot and lost a buck that had a drop time um and now i shot and hit a limb on a buck that's got a drop time i have a drop time curse um but you know you that was still on my list i'll get there eventually <laughs> they're just you so wanna, hard to find <laughs> you want to hear a quick story about a buck to, a drop time buck i could have shot but, but didn't yeah go ahead all right this is it'll be quick this is probably 20 years ago um, I think I was a freshman in high school and it was, it was archery season. Like last week, October is me, my dad, my grandpa, my best friend's dad, and maybe one other person just we're over there camping, drinking, having a good time. Well, I wasn't drinking, but you know, get the point. Yeah. Having a, having a guy's trip at my uh, grandpa's place. And we, there was this deer that was walking around and every, he, everyone saw him at some point. And my friend's dad only had a, only had a doe tag. 
I don't know if he fucked up at the Walmart counter or if he did that on purpose or what, but he only had a doe tag. So he didn't shoot him and he could have. And so he saw him the first night and this deer was a perfectly typical mainframe 14 pointer did not have a single tine out until so his g2s and threes were both over a foot long wow his g3s were probably six inches and then his uh fours were like a uh quite a bit shorter and he had a drop tine on one side and i i don't remember exactly everything i said it was 20 years ago but this deer was the to this day, the most massive thing I've ever seen in person. And he probably, he probably, he wasn't that wide, but he was just everything you ever dream about. And so the next day, the next morning I'm hunting in a, a, it's a buddy ladder stand. It's bright silver, loud as fuck, 10 foot off the ground, you know, and it's a shotgun stand is what I use it for, but I was bow hunting out of it. And this deer, it's right before shooting light. And I think this was back when I could be wrong. This might've been back before Illinois changed the law to half hour before. Yeah. Or whatever it was. No, no, that's wrong because I was always half hour before anyway, whatever. So it was, it was before shooting light. And this deer walks, it's 15 yards in front of me on the trail that this stand is set up for 15 yards in front of me broadside. And it stood there fucking around for about 10 minutes. And I, I had enough light. I could have shot it, but I was 14 and I was so wigged out about breaking the law. So I never shot, I never shot, I never broke the law and shot him before light, but I could see the, like the last like three or four inches of every single one of his tines was bright white and the rest of his rack was uh like faded yellow colored so we called him white tips and he just was in front of everybody forever and no one got a shot at him (laughs) my my friend like all weekend every single person hunting on this 40 acres saw that deer and no one could shoot him we all could have shot him if we had a gun but you know, we were a month early, mm-hmm. so I didn't shoot him because this, this might've been a 200 inch deer with the drop time. That's crazy. Like it's unreal. And I could, I didn't shoot him because it wasn't shooting light yet. My friend's dad didn't shoot him because he only had a doe tag. My dad didn't shoot him because, uh, he had already shot a buck and didn't buy another tag. So he only had a, a doe tag. My grandpa didn't shoot him because he said, if I'd have shot him, it had taken me all weekend to drag him out. And, <laughs> and then like, and my, I think it was my uncle was there too. And he's like, oh, it was too far. So five people on 40 acres saw a 200 inch deer with a drop time and none of us got a shot at him. Jeez. La- Unreal. Yeah. Last year I was hunting the urban piece and got in there, you know, got in there fashionably late um, like normal because I can't get my ass out of bed sometimes when I'm hunting for like the 11th day straight. Um, but got in there and man, it was one of those cloudy days, you know, you get a look in your phone, you're like, all right, you've, you finally set up, you got three minutes to shooting light, you know, you're pulling your bow up 
right through the right, literally right under the base of my stand. Couldn't tell exactly what bucket was, but could see the frame. Went full draw on him and could not see anything. And uh, it just kind of did the same thing yours is just kind of chilling there, looking around, hit a little, not aggressively, just kind of hit a little raking his, you know, antlers on this little sapling and then worked off. I looked at my phone. It was six minutes after shooting light and I still could not see my, my pen. And I was like, damn dude, but it was kind of crazy, like rain and drizzling. And the whole time I was full draw on him, I'm like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be shooting light. Um, and the law is so like they, you know, you never want to, you never want to endanger the chance to hunt, you know, by doing something silly, but mm-hmm. shooting light, man, it's, it saved a lot of deer, I bet. Cause it saved, oh, it, it saved that one. Cause you could, I mean, if it would have been brighter and not cloudy, I could have got my pins, you know, I just couldn't see them. They were just lines, you know, they weren't lit up like green, but when they're that close, you know, you right. put it on the body cavity and sling it, you know, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure on the buck that it was. And I was like, damn but by the time he had finally got out of where i couldn't see him anymore i know i got my phone uh, my plan was is let him go away as far as he can check my phone then hit the grunt and see if i can bring him back um hit the grunt never came back of course but you know let him get out of a sight and see if i could grunt him back um but i think it was i rattled in two bucks that same day and uh they were both just out of shooting lane shooting range kind of messing around and uh they're kind of like they've been there long enough looking around they're kind of losing interest and i turned around to grab my deer my rattle antlers and there was a buck on the other side of the tree that had snuck in from behind and i think it was the same damn deer pretty much doing a circle of what he did that morning and going right down that trail again when i spun around to grab my antlers to tinkle them together again you know to kind of coax those deer he seen me move, took off, and those other bucks took off. And I was like, that same buck got me twice in the same damn day, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I'm supposed to know what I'm doing out here, and I look like a dumbass out here sometimes, you know? But Yeah, and the uh, in archery season, the the game, I know in gun season, the game wardens park, you know, it, and they listen – for gunshots before shooting light. I know for a fact they do that. I went to the Academy with 20 game wardens and they, but in archery season, they'll, they'd never know. So the only way you're going to be on it, the only way you got to, you're good. They're going to know you're following the law is the honor system. And you got to be yeah. a half a decent person to do the to right not, thing. Try, not try and abuse that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's true, man. Like I said, I bet you it saved a lot of bucks lives that five minutes before shooting we are Especially like my situation, you know, I was like, when I got in the stand, when I was at the base of the tree and I got set up, you know, get ready to climb up, pull my bow up. I had three, I looked at my phone before I pulled my bow up. It was three minutes before shooting light. And I was like, okay, you know, but nothing's going to come in, you know, like I just made a bunch of noise on the ground. You know, I'm pulling my bow up off the ground. I'm untying it. I hook it up and then hear deer coming. I'm like, I'm right on the damn edge of it, you know? But mm-hmm. if, like I said, if it wouldn't have been drizzy, drizzling and, and cloudy, but I had a, that was a really good day. Um, there's a lot of bucks in that area that day. I went, I went full draw on the same deer three times that day and could not get a shot out at him. 
But this, this is after I shot and hit a limb on a buck. So I might have been, I was watching the footage. I might have been a little bit too timid on making sure my, you know, everything was perfectly clear. I could have slipped some stuff in, you know, but I was waiting, waiting, waiting because I should have waited longer on the, you know, the bucket hit the limb on and then wouldn't have been, I would have had a dead deer on the ground in October. Uh, but, right. But, oh, yeah. Well, really quick, one more story. This is this one. This is probably the most mad I've ever been at my cousin in a hunting uh, situation. This would have been two seasons ago when he killed that buck October 4th. Um, that big one, the, we had the one of that videos up on YouTube too. It's, uh, the bump and dump buck from early season. Yeah. And so we went in there, me and Spencer the next morning, helped him get that one out. And since I was already out there, I, uh, I just stayed and hunted the afternoon. And so it's October 5th, early season, not cold at all, but there was rain in the forecast, but it said there was supposed to be total rain less than a 10th. So to me, that sounds like a sprinkle or like a mist for if it's going to rain all afternoon and it's only going to rain a 10th to me, that sounds like not a whole lot of rain. Well, it couldn't have been further from the truth because once I started walking and it's a cup, it's probably a mile and a half to this spot where I wanted to go. Um, Brian dropped a pin. He goes, I got a trail camera down here. If you get froggy, you can go check it. But I'd hunt over here and I started looking at the maps and I kind of made my own plan from alpha, his suggestions, but he, uh, he gave me wrong directions. Like the path he told me to take was the, I, I felt like I was, you know, I felt like a tunnel rat in Vietnam. I was crawling for probably half a mile. Couldn't, could not walk through this shit. And I was just trying to get to this spot. Once I get to the top of this hill, there's nothing but like hedge trees and shit. You can't really hang in and it's still pouring. I'm soaking wet. I'm pissed off. It took, I left the truck at noon and my, it doesn't get dark till seven. I left the truck at noon and got to the spot with 45 minutes to hunt or some shit like that. Like I was so pissed so pissed and I, I wear glasses and my shit was fogged up i got i'm, I'm windshield wiper in my glasses with my finger and it's good for about 10 seconds then you got to do it again and then all of a sudden my back starts to hurt i'm hanging in this fucked up hedge tree i'm i got a knot in the middle of my back shit, like, shit's just miserable and i'm like you know what i got to take a different route out of here i'm just gonna i hunted for 40 minutes and i'm like i'm gonna get out before shooting lights over and try and find a, a way out to the field because once I get to the field I know where I'm going but I'm going to try and get out to the field before it's dark dark well that was a mistake because I hooked my bow and start, and I'm only like eight feet off the ground I'm one and a half sticks high I'm lowering my bow and as soon as my bow hits the ground 15 yards away out of a bush steps a deer that's probably 160 all day long yeah, I remember you. I remember you told me this story a couple years ago. <laughs> and and as soon as the bow hits the thing, he looks at me and takes off like a bat out of hell. And I was not only that; that was the worst day of hunting I've ever experienced in my life. I was I was on the phone with my wife, motherfucking my cousin, the whole ride home. <laughs> and and then when I told him about it, he goes, "Well, why didn't why didn't you wait till dark?" Blah blah blah. He was trying to make it my fault. And I'm, yeah. you know, I, 
that's just how our relationship is. <laughs> but that was just one of them things like, oh my God. But then, then again, also after we uh, helped him drag that deer out all morning, he had shit to do all day. I think he went into work that afternoon. And I said, just so you know, if I shoot one, you're coming back out here to help me drag it all night long. <laughs> and, and we hadn't, neither one of us had slept all, all day. Like we were both up at hunting hours to go drag this thing because we wanted to be in the parking lot at sunrise. Well, so we had both been up since three and, uh, I didn't, I took, I was probably nine o'clock before I got back to my truck that night. And if I'd have shot that deer at, we'll call it quarter to seven and I'd have had to track it and all that shit, dude, I would have been home. I would have been on 24 hours, no sleep. <laughs> It'd have been worth it though. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I, but uh, it's just, those some, some stories just, oh my God. Some things you think back on and you're like, God, hunting is so, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just a combination of decisions that result in either bullshit or success. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, uh, I'm going to try and get down there and hunt with your cousin, Brian. You should come with us and we could have a three way. We could three way something. Well, down there. I know, I, I know, know you're going to be way, busy, though. but. I know where he would take you and I know my way around there pretty well. I used to hang out there and uh, out that way in high school quite a bit. So I know my way around there pretty well. I doubt we have, we'll probably have a three way once we get back to the house. Okay. Well, yeah, what, but, whatever, whatever. I mean, you know, whatever. I was just, just yeah, I probably let you guys hunt together and have <laughs> and then, and then meet you back at the house for the three way. Okay, but yeah, sounds good. We'll, and we'll make his wife make us tacos or something. Yeah, that sounds great. But yeah, I'm gonna try to make that happen during my vacation stint. I feel bad going down there and hunting, you know, not scouting anything. You know, I'm like, I'll come down. Oh no, I'll come it's down and good. film you. Or... You couldn't, dude. You could spend. You could spend. You could dedicate two years and not and not scout enough of this place. It's huge. Yeah, I told him. I said I'd just come down. We just meet and we all go in three different separate directions and just hunt, you know, and then meet back up. Yeah. See how it goes, but well, you depending on how long you want to stay. If it's a weekend, you could spend two days with him. Come over to, I got twenty two thousand acres of public by my house. We could, yeah, dude, you could you days with him. Crazy me, amounts of acreage of of hunting, yeah. So might be able to work something out. We'll see how it goes. But man, I appreciate you coming on and spend some time with me. I think we'll wrap it up here. Um, you know, congratulations early on your baby, and hopefully you get to enjoy some of the season, but at least you had a real successful year last year. And maybe you'll get that buck and you get your arrow back. I mean, that'd be cool. <laughs> That's what all, all my friends have been making me, making jokes for almost a year now that uh, I marked it. I marked one I called I called dibs, and I marked it. Like when you catch a fish and yeah. the DNR puts a tag in the fin, yeah. and uh, they mark the fish so that you can tell how old it is or whatever. Everyone's like, BJ just uh he marked that deer as his. So if you see one with an arrow in it, yeah, can't you can't shoot it. You gotta pass him. Right. He's gonna be one eighty with an arrow sticking out of him this year. <laughs> right. I haven't got a picture of him yet, but well and if I do I mean I could have and the arrow might have fallen out by now, but Yeah. Yeah. That would be absolutely and fucking insane yeah. if that deer would be <laughs> would be, but you never know, man. They're strong animals. I was like, that's a ten dollar broadhead, I'd like to get that back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, that wraps it up. Um, I accidentally lost like the last minute of this podcast somehow. So um, I cut Brian off a little bit too early. But 
make sure and follow the Pike County uh, Trophy Doe Association, what they got going on this year if you're looking for more um, funny content from him. And uh, make sure and check out the other Brian uh, from Good Set Mobile's company if you're looking for any trail camera accessory products or um, GoPro accessories, et cetera, like that. Um, check out that. He mentions that at the end of the show, and somehow I lost that. So, But I appreciate Brian coming on, talking about you know his stories last year. And you know, like I said, the main me- message for this is just that shit happens out there. It's hunting. It is not perfect. Most of the time, it doesn't go flawlessly for anybody. Um, but you just got to keep keep spinning the wheels and and you know something will either come out of it or not but uh if if Brian would have wouldn't have went that hunting that day um he would have his season would have been going into this season his last season would have been very filled with heartbreak and misery and might not have motivated him as much to get out and hunt this year um so with him going back out and having success um you know sometimes you just got to you got to will it to happen which is uh, when you get to that stage of hunting, it's tough. But sometimes you got to go there and just force yourself to get out there because you literally never know, you know, when you're going to kill the biggest buck of your life. So, but like always, always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out.